Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Plus 6 Podcast. My name is Pete and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as JeppaDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. Alrighty, we've got a few weeks left before the home and away season and less than that for some practice matches. What are your thoughts at this stage of the pre-season? Yeah, it's still pretty early, I think. Um, everyone's ramping up training, so we've seen a few niggles and injuries occur. I think there's a lot to play out still to round one, to be honest. Yeah, for me, it's still a long way to go. These next three weeks uh, before practice matches start is probably going to be a pretty long three weeks as far as, you know, awaiting health concerns and uh, pretty much all roles are flushed out by now. We'll have a few surprises left in pre-season, but once we get to practice matches, it's just about analysing how much of a chance is a rookie priced player, you know, best 22, because we really can't have him in that fringe nowhere as a potential sub. So in that best 22 is pretty much got to be a lock. Um, and from the premium um, midfielder's point of view, uh, for me, it's, it's pretty much a primary and only role is inside mid. Uh, you, pretty much if you're spending high dollars, you don't want the split role there as well. All right. We are talking AFL Fantasy season-long classic mode. This discussion is a pre-season early like or dislike, part two. This podcast has been recorded on Thursday night, February 2. And, of course, the news has been crushed out for you on the AFL Ratings Network. The content is free. Likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. But right, let's get on to the local dislike Yep, so Xavier Dersma, Port Adelaide, like or dislike? Uh, yeah, it's a dislike. He, he should make one of those wing spots his own with the departure of Amon, but, yeah, price at 55, I think there's just a few others at that price that I like, given he's mid-only. Yeah, definitely value here for me. Now, he was assessed for concussion last week. I believe he's okay at this stage. So just keep that in mind there as well. Now, Carl Amon... He was able to rack up some pretty decent numbers there on the wing for Port Adelaide last year. Now, Port want to move the ball faster compared to last year. So I think there's value there. Um, it's a consideration for me. I'm going to say like at this stage and definitely want to see him in the preseason games and what sort of scoring rate he puts up there. Alrighty, next one. Tom Cole for West Coast. Yeah, I'll say dislike. He's never averaged higher than 56 in a season, so you'd think there's better upside with other cheap defenders. Yeah, value here for me, but I just don't think there's enough there to warrant selection there for me. So dislike there for me. Callum Mills, Sydney, next one. Yep. He's a point of difference, that's for sure, and hopefully Longway realises that he needs to be at the centre bounces a lot more than he has. He only actually averaged 56% CBAs for the season, but still averaged 111. So imagine if he's at the CBAs about 70%. I think there's scope for improvement. It's just... We don't know what uh, Longmire's thinking. So, look, I'll say like, but it's a watch. 
Yeah, like for me, low ownership, uh, definitely a point of difference there for me as well. So uh, definitely on the list, and let's see what he does in pre-season games. Alrighty, next one up, Sam Berry for Adelaide. Yeah, tackling machine. Look, he lost his forward status, and he won't be a top 10 mid this season, so I don't think there's any point spending 746000 on him, so I dislike. I think there's a little bit of value left here. Like, Obviously, we know his tackle rate is huge, so... He did speak in a presser this week, and he said he, he wants to get some more balls. So if he's able to combine both, I think there is upside there. Uh, definitely on a watch list for me. Um, let's see what type of... Well, he's inside mid, so we sort of know that. Um, yeah, just, you know, if he can pull out 25 disposals in, a, in an official practice match, you know, that's all of a sudden, you know, he could be pretty decent value there. So it's a like for me at this stage. I just want to see what he does in that final preseason game. Alrighty, next one, Jeff. We're going into Angus Brayshaw for Melbourne. Yeah, so all reports are that he's going to have an inside midfield role predominantly this year, uh, which is a big tip for, for us as fantasy coaches. There's not a lot of primo defenders that scream out um, with that kind of role. I, I know he's priced at 99, but I feel like he's just a guaranteed top six defender, so it's a lot. Yeah, Ed Langdon and Lockie Hunter, two wings for Melbourne. Christian Salem, pretty fresh at there at halfback. And I think the Demons are pretty solid in defence. Now, the thing I'll point out there is if there are injuries to either Langdon or Hunter, you know, Brayshaw could easily be pushed out to a wing. Um, Sparrow is uh, apparently tracking quite well over pre-season, so uh, they'll lose a bit having Sparrow over Brayshaw, but, you know, just got to keep in mind there that, you know, Brayshaw has versatility, and if Melbourne do encounter injuries, that he can be versatile. Halfback's okay. Out in the wing's a bit of a a no-man's land at times from a scoring point of view. So, you know, obviously I don't want to base my selections based on potential injuries. So for me, it's an inside mid. Uh, Yeah, I agree with the thoughts on, you know, he's likely going to be a top-six defender if he's inside mid all all year. So it's a big lock here for me as well. Already on to the next one. So, Zach Williams. So, Sam Walsh out, Doherty potentially into the midfield just to cover that short-term scenario. But it's not a long-term scenario here for um, Sam Doherty. So, back on to Zach Williams. It could give him an early season opportunity to put, put up some decent scores. Yeah, it's a bit of a watch here for me. I'm going to sit on a fence here at this stage. But it's not. I don't think it's a really long-term. And Zach Williams can play a bit of a lockdown role at times there as well. So, I just want to have a bit of a watch from my point of view. Yeah, I actually really like him as a pick. Um, struggling with the defenders and value, but he's one that shows it. Price at 69. We obviously know there's scope for improvement. He's given us plenty in the past. It's just a question of him staying on the park, isn't it? But by all reports, he hasn't missed a session this preseason. And, um, you know, if you think in that first third of the season he's going to go pretty well, I don't think it's likely he'll play 22 games given the past and his body breaking down. But if you think there's scope in that first part of the season where he's going to do pretty well, I, I reckon it's a, a decent pick. And by the time you trade him up, um, you can um, you know get a good line of or good sight of who the top six defenders are. So I'm going to say a like. On to the next one. So Zach Butters, Port Adelaide. So... Uh, definitely into the midfield there this year again. So that's a bit of a watch and see there for me. Again, Port Adelaide wants to move the ball a little bit quicker. So 
his scoring rate might be similar to last year. So if that's the case, you know, he's, you're paying what his average is already. So watch and see for me. Um, probably not a huge like here. No, I'm a big like. I think, um, you know, he hits all stat lines. So that, that's a big tick in my eyes as a forward price play. He's, he's underpriced. It's just the dynamics of Wines, Drew, Boak, Rosie, Horn, Francis and Butters. So there's a lot of mouths to feed in that midfield. Like you said, they're looking to play a little bit quicker. So does that affect scoring potential? Um, but I, I still like it. I feel like... He loves to tackle. He gets he gets on the outside. He works from the inside to outside. So he's everything we need for a fantasy player. Forward status, underpriced like. Marcus Bontempelli, pretty solid preseason so far from the bot. So we see Josh Dunkley go out of that Western Bulldogs team. Um, and hopefully there's a bit of a narrow focus into that midfield. Trelaw struggling with injury over preseason. And Bailey Smith back into full training there now. So... Um, he's probably that number one tag option, I would presume, still for um, opposition clubs. Uh, but it's still a like for me here uh, on the bond because, you know, he could go large. Last year, he was injury impacted. Missing games wasn't an issue, but, you know, he did play some forward time just to cover off some uh, some niggles there. But I think he's really fresh at the moment, so it's a big like here for me. Yeah, he's not someone I would like to start with, I don't think. Like you said, his first tag, and back in the past when... They've tried to break that tag off Bont. They just throw him forward. So I'm going to say dislike and, um, yeah, look to somewhere else, somewhere where, you know, McRae, who's not going to get the tag, similarly priced. Darcy Parrish, Essendon, Jeff. Yeah, um, another midfield with probably a lot of mouths to feed um, at Essendon when they're all fit and firing, and they've added Setterfield. But I think the recruiter Setterfield actually helps guys like Parrish and, um, and Merritt because... Setters is getting his hands on it first and feeding out to them. So it's a contract year for Darcy Parrish. Um, I know he's, well, we've seen in the past, he's been a competitive beast. So, yeah, look, there is scope for him to improve. He's done it in the past, and I'll say like for that reason. Yeah, Kyle Langford came out uh, last couple of days, and he pretty much said that they want to play a front-half game. So that might diminish his... Um Scoring heights somewhat, uh, but we know he can score. Uh, contract year, I actually do like it for Parrish. Um, he's definitely in the mix for me, uh, even though the Bombers do want to play a front half game. So just one to watch there for me. Um, but yeah, I agree. There's like there's a stack of mids there with Essendon that need to get a piece of the action. So, but he he should be number one or two in that in that uh, midfield there for Essendon for me. So, you know, we, he can score. So definitely in the watch scenario for me. On to the next one, Jeff. So we're going to go to Jason Horn-Francis. He's an intriguing pick. I um I can't quite put my finger on it yet, but I don't feel well. I feel like watching last year, he never really hit his straps when he was at North Melbourne. And my read on it at the minute is he probably won't get the midfield time in his first year at Port and the CBAs that we need. Um, priced you know in the low five hundred, so I'll say dislike. Yeah, we never got to see what. Jason Horn Francis can do at North Melbourne. So I pretty much wipe out what we did see there because that was just a mess from both sides. So move on. So he's had some off-season surgeries on his legs. Um, so apparently he's all good now. So But there's a little bit of an interruption to his pre-season. Um, yeah, I want to look at his midfield mix. And, you know, he, look, he's a powerful unit. So he could be in at those stoppages big time. 
I guess if he can make an impact early. But yeah, there's going to be definitely some forward and midfield mix. So pretty much I think it's up to him to, you know, just sort of claim that midfield spot. So let's see what he does in the preseason. Uh, definitely a watch here and a bit of a like here for me. Already on to the next one, Jeff. We're going to go James Sicily. Yeah, I like it. I, obviously, the ball's going to be a bit in Hawthorne's defensive half yep. this season, as we're reading. Um, he t- takes the kick-ins. He's going to be hopefully nominated as captain of the club soon. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like generally when you're getting thumped by opposition teams, you try to hold the ball a little more in your back half, and there's just a lot of scope there for him to keep scoring the way he did last year. So I'll say like. Yeah, so I think um, getting rid of Tom Mitchell and Jacob Emira actually helps Sicily. So kind of on your point there, that the ball is going to live in that Hawthorne D50. So if the Hawks actually start to lose clearance and, you know, they've got the younger type midfield there and that experience is gone, man. So Newcomb's that number one and, you know, he could be going Ward there as well. We've got Warple there as well. They could start to get smashed their clearances and, you know, midfield domination. So, therefore, a lot of inside 50 is conceded by Hawthorne. And that is, you've got to think that's going to be prime time James Sisley. So, big like here for me. On to the next one, Connor McKenna uh, for Brisbane. So, signed SSP um, back from Ireland. So, you know, we've got to make sure he is best 22 here. So, and I don't think that's a lock at this phase. So, uh, for me, it's just a wait and see here. Yeah, I've said similar. Like, he's not a guaranteed starter for round one, is he? But when you look at his price tag of 373k and a likely average of about 65, um, it's hard not to say like. So I'll say like for now, and hopefully he can get in that round one team. Next one, Scott, last set. So what we're going to look at here, Jeremy Finlayson, unfortunately, injured this week at training. So he's expected to play round one from Port Adelaide this week. So he's going to go under ankle surgery. So a bit of a limited uh, pre-season there as well. But Lysette's going to be that number one. So um, there's value in his price tag, but how high can he go? 30 years of age um, heading into this season. Um, definitely a value here for me, one to consider, uh, but I don't think I'm going to pay down for Lysette. Your thoughts? Yeah, he's not for me. I can't see him averaging much better than 80, um, even spending a lot of time as Port's number one ruck, so it's a dislike. On to the next one. So we're going to go Lloyd Meek. So uh, Mitch Lewis out for Hawthorne injured sideline. So does that really plan to the situation where the Hawks are going to play two rucks? It's a possibility. So therefore, you know, Lloyd Meek is going to see potentially some forward time, so that's going to limit his upside there. So it's a wait and see how the Hawks set up for round one, uh, and that's pretty much where I stand with Meek. Yeah, I think it's a guarantee Hawks are playing two rucks, even without the injury to Mitch Lewis. It's just, I see Meek as their number one ruckman. I I feel like he's physically needed around the stoppages with the young Hawks midfield. And what we see with that is um, Meek might actually get the clearances himself, just pull it out of the ruck and, and kick it on forward. So I, I like the pick. I, I don't know why there's a few voices dismissing Meek for, for this season in fantasy, and I actually like it a lot. On to the next one, Jaga O'Meara. So for me, uh, into Fremantle, it is Brayshaw and Sarong as the two options in that midfield for me to look at, and O'Meara is that second-level type mid. You know, he's going to put up some decent scores, as you would think at times, but I don't think it's consistent enough for me to want selection, Jeff. 
Yeah, he's, he's that low, what, 726,000 from memory. So I've looked at him closely. I, I saw him in the flesh um, last Friday for Frio training, and he looked great. He, he played mid-only. There was no secondary position for him in those little matches in quarters, but they did manage time um, amongst that um, simulation. So unfortunately, it's a dislike. If he had forward status, it would be a totally different story. Yeah, you've got to think over the course of the season, not all the way through, that Erasmus and Johnson are going to get a bit of a look in that midfield, and that could sort of diminish the midfield time for Amira and potentially game time there as well. Already on to the next one, Ollie Wines for Port Adelaide. Uh, obviously, Brownlow a couple of years ago and his scoring rap was quite strong, didn't get there last year. Um, off-season surgery after his Brownlow, and he's had surgery again this off-season. And it's been an injury inter- interrupted preseason, so it's a it's a big dislike here for me. Yeah, for the, all those reasons, mate, we uh, we don't want to touch any player coming off an in- interrupted preseason. So dislike for me too. Dylan Moore. So the Hawks are going to be young in that midfield then. That's going to give opportunities to Dylan Moore. You know, we did we spoke about Moore quite often last year, Jeb, and his scoring rate was off the charts. So if there's potential that he's going to get like even. 40, 50% centre bounces there. Like It's a big consideration here for me for more. Uh, but let's just see how this flushes out. You know, the Hawks are going to get young in that midfield, as I've said. So, yeah, to wait and see on more. No decision yet here on me. And, yeah, just want to see what they set up with uh, towards pre-season games and round one, Jeff. Uh, I'm worried they won't play more. Like, we obviously need more in the centre bounces for him to be considered, I think. And I can't see really him playing 22 games predominantly as a midfielder. I think there'll be options for Sam Mitchell to move the magnets around, so to speak, and try things when they're getting pumped. And, yeah, I I feel like his position's volatile in a way and his scoring will be as well. So I'm going to say dislike. On to the next one, Tim Taranto. So I believe he could be in that second, third ranked centre bound situation for the Tigers. So it's a like here for me for Toronto. Yeah, look, again, Harvick likes to rotate a few through the centre bounces, but predominantly, yes, Toronto is the inside mid. He should score well. Look, he tackles well. I feel like he suits the Richmond style pretty good. Um, And he gets a a lot of, like, dinky kinks out of the contest and just moves naturally moves the ball forward. So, again, suits Richmond's play. So I'll say, like, it's... Pretty much a guarantee he's going to be top six forward, isn't it? Yep. On to the next one, Tom Mitchell. I think there's a bit of an ownership here for Mitchell, but what we do need to have is those premium mids that we're going to pay up for is that their primary and only role is inside midfield. Now, Mitchell was uh, obviously getting up there in age, but he was brought, brought into Collingwood specifically for clearances and stoppages. So he's going to be with that, that player that we need. He's previously had, obviously, Obviously, um, shoulder concerns. Um, I don't think that's an issue. Had his shoulders uh, strapped up, but that's just a general training, so I don't think that's an issue whatsoever through preseason. So it's definitely a consideration. I like to pick at this stage, Jet for Tom Mitchell. Yeah, I reckon I'm one of the very few that don't like Tom Mitchell as a pick. Um, Collingwood's highest averaging player last season was Jack Crisp at 95 or 94.3. So... What's Tom Mitchell's ceiling or scope this season? It's probably 100. Um, and if we're picking Mitchell, we're picking him for the top eight mid or top ten mid, in my in my opinion. 
and that's not going to cut it. Well, I'm looking for the 110 guys and, and above, so it's a fade and a dislike from me. Luke Davis, Uniaki. So if the Kangaroos can chip the ball around there, you've got to think LDU is going to be part of that there as well. It's a consideration, not a great like for me at the moment, but yeah, definitely consideration heading into pre-season games. Uh, I really like him, mate. Really, really got big wraps on him. He averaged 106 post by last season, so the trajectory is on the right path. We just need Clarko to confirm how he's going to be used. I mean, he got pretty high center bounces last year. And as long as that continues, I can't see why we wouldn't pick him other than the fact that, yeah, maybe he might be first tag, but Simpkin, new captain of the club, long, young leader, you might want to um, target him as well. So, yeah, big wraps on LDU and I'll say like. Yeah, my expectation is high centre bounces for LDU. So if that gives you any more confidence, I think uh, that is an expectation. It's going to be high for me. Already on to the next one, Ruben Jimby. Um, all signs are uh, on track for uh, an early season debut, Jeff. So you've got to imagine that we're going to see a bit of halfback usage. And, you know, for all things that Simpson has said uh, at the end of last year and in pre-season there, they're going to develop their youth. And Jimby is certainly right at the top of that tree. I think it's a beak. And I think it's pretty much we're going to see him early. And I think this is a pretty much a could be, you know, six or seven weeks in our team, hopefully, Jeff. Yep, I, he's very likely for a round one um, and looks a future star with his power and speed from the contest. So jury's out, however. He's not the greatest kick in the world, um, and I don't know if he can accumulate enough of the ball for him to be a, a fantasy um, stud, even rookie-priced. But given the limited opportunities and players that we do have in defence, you know, job security is number one and um, he's going to have it in that first part of the season. So, like... Dom Sheed, uh, you've got to expect we're going to see a little bit of inside usage for Sheed this year. But, you know, again, the same situation is that Simpson and the coaching staff want to develop that, you know, next, you know, finals contending premiership team, and they want to fast-track it really quickly. To do that, you're going to give some youth uh, some inside chances, uh, like Carly, like Jimby, etc. So Sheed might not be permanent in there. Just got to take that into consideration. He might be floating on the outside, but you know he can accumulate like the best of them. So definitely a consideration here for me. And obviously his price tag is quite generous right there, Jeff. He's almost an automatic selection, mate. I, I feel like his prime position is inside mid, where we're at as a team and as a list. Um, Sure, there might be times where you get pushed outside, but very minimally, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, it's a big like. Connor Blakely. So he moves to Gold Coast. Uh, the Gold Coast, Jed Anderson goes in there as well. Uh, what role can Blakely play? I think he's back up at this stage. So let's see how pre-season games flush out for Blakely. So uh, for me, it's a, it's a wait and see on role. And, you know, Gold Coast, Gold Coast have, like, 45-plus players on their list. So they, they've got an additional few players compared to every other team, and they've got some depth in there as well. So, um, yeah, you want to be 100% certain that he is best 22, not even a sub-scenario, so that would impact in there as well. Uh, just a wait and see for me on Blackley, see where he fits in. Yeah, look, he, he's just back up in my opinion. It's it's a dislike. On to Will Day, so uh, just got to keep an eye on his role. So it looks like he's going to be, be moving away from D50, um, and up into the midfield. Uh, there's some talk about going inside midfield there as well. So that's another dynamic into that Hawthorne midfield. 
uh, if he's going a little bit inside uh, as far as Will's, Will Day is concerned. So it's consideration. Let's see how Hawthorne um, flush out because they're, they're the team that we really need to focus in on because there's certainly a few options there from a fantasy perspective we need to take uh, an account for um, in processing games. So Will Day is just another one to see how um, he settles into that team and what specific role he has. So just a consideration right here for me for Will Day, Jeff. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. We, I'd like to see where his position's going to be. We're likely going to be wing for, for the most part, but, um, you know, price at 61, he's probably the perfectly mid-priced defender we're going to get with a little bit of mid-time, even as a winger. So um, I'm struggling with the defenders at the moment, and um, guys like him present value price at 61. So I'll sit on the fence, but I'll, I'm leaning towards like for now. And next player here, Elliot Yo, I swear every three days he's in my team and out of my team. Like it's just in, out, in, out, in, out. So at this stage, what we need to know for Yo, is he healthy? Uh, because that is quite, quite critical to his selection. Uh, he's missed a stack of games the last couple of years. So like his health is the priority. Uh, we know his role is actually going to be fantasy friendly. So for me, it is all about the health. If he is like perfect from now until round one, I, I believe I'm starting him. Um, but yeah, any any hiccup from this point forward, and that put, puts a question mark on there. So for me, it's like currently he's in my team, um, but I just need to squeeze everyone else in. And obviously, everyone else is having the same issues, trying to squeeze everyone in their team, and we can't start them all. But Yo is in my team for the now, for now, and he is a like. Look, he's a big like for me. Um, obviously, he's got to stay fit, but. I don't see a world where um, he won't be in my side round one. Again, I'm struggling with defenders, and any defender with an inside mid-roll is it's a huge tick. Mm. On a side note, West Coast have appointed a, I forget his name, but a, a new head of fitness and, mm. and um, sports science, and he was at Sydney Swans. Like, like I said, the name escapes him, but he's highly rated. So I feel like he's going to get the best out of most of these older players, and Yo's um, one of those. So, yeah, big luck. Yeah, that's actually a really good point there, Jeff, and I like that because every time, and obviously um, most people would, who listen to this podcast uh, would know that I track news like just out of this world, but like I do see a spike when you get a new fitness guy come into a club, and West Coast have, you know, luxury even said it this week, you know, they're much fitter there this year, and I, I think there's a spike in that list. Um, I don't think they'll be contending anytime soon, but I think there's going to be a pretty big spike in fitness and. You know, if that yep. comes into Shui, you know, potentially going to half back, Yo, if he's fully fit there as well, and some of these other players who have struggled with fitness, you know, if there's a bounce in this list, you want to be part of it, and Yo, Yo certainly would be part of that. It was a huge problem for us last season. Um, a bit of a frustration as well. A lot of the players were, you know, overweight and not fit enough and carrying injuries and playing with injuries. It was just a disaster. So, Getting that extra head around the football department is going to pay dividends this year. And um, look, it's not it's not past. Obviously, as an Eagles supporter, it's I'm probably noticing it more than others. But it, yeah, it's probably going to play a role in fantasy too. On to the next one. So Neil Erasmus. I'm going to put Matt Johnson in this discussion here as well. So Justin Longmuir. Uh, recently, he has come out and it's pretty pretty much uh, confirmed that you know Erasmus and Johnson are going to have to find a secondary role, and that's going to be have to be their primary role because you know we think of Sarong in that midfield, Brayshaw in that midfield, Amira in that midfield, Brody in that midfield. You know what's less 
left for these guys who can play, and that's a primary role as an inside mid, but they just don't have an opportunity as yet. So it needs to be a secondary role, and it's going to be on the outside. But then you've got other options like Adriscoll and Aish, and there's other players that can play that wing role. So how are they going to fit in these guys? So uh, competition is hot for spots at Frio, which is a good thing from their point of view, but we need to find you know, a spot for Erasmus. But you know, I think he's... I would say his best 22 at this age, and we certainly don't want him to be any sort of sub-consideration there as well. Um, it's a like for me for Rasmus, but, yeah, you know, it has to be pretty much an outside role or that fifth midfielder with um, inside there as well. But, you know, let's just wait and see how pre-season games settle in for Frio and where Erasmus sits specifically. Um, it's a like for me at this stage, but I just want to see what he does in that pre-season game. Yep. Yeah, look, I agree with everything you said, Bud, but the one thing you touched on is that being the sub. Um, as it stands, probably Erasmus and Johnson are good candidates for that yep. green vest spot. So it, you were not going to spend up on Erasmus for that reason, just the sheer risk of it, given the fitness of, well, the, the health of their list at the moment. Sure, if injuries come up, we change our tune, um, but just be wary of that and, like you said, there's so many competitions for spots. They they are incredibly set in their inside midfield, and although they're performing exceptionally this preseason, I feel like they um, that wing role is probably good enough for one of them at, at a part-time basis and a rotation through at best, and that's likely to be Erasmus um, ahead of Johnson at this stage. So dislike. On to the next one. So Josh Kelly. Um, interesting, the Giants and the Bulldogs are only going to play one official practice match, so, so they're not even going to play a scratch match against another team. So, you know, we're going to get one look at the Giants, which is really interesting because there are a few candidates to be in amongst our fantasy teams. But back onto Josh Kelly, uh, I think, you know, with Taranto and Hopper going out, I think Kelly's going to be high midfield, high centre bounce usage. Um, he's a quality player, obviously had his injury concerns previously, uh, but, yeah, that, that GWS midfield, I think it's going to narrow those centre bounces, and I think Kelly is going to be high. Um, it's certainly an option for me. I like the pick. Yeah, I like the pick too. I, I feel like it's going to be a different role and different year for Josh Kelly. Um, the problem is when you're so good, you attract a tag. But nevertheless, I, I like him a lot for to start the season. So, yeah. Yeah, and the other thing is obviously that um, – the Giants still want to play a front-half game there as well. So does that limit his ceiling there as well? But just take that into consideration. Already on to the next one. So Sam Flanders. So we get Jed Anderson coming into that uh, team for Gold Coast. We know that there's a solid top three in those centre bounces. Flanders was there for minimal centre bounces last year. You know, just Stuart, do you trust him over Swallow and, and Anderson to, to, to jump then? Let's see how it flushes out. Uh, pretty much could be an outside role, which will bring about volatile scoring. Uh, I'll keep an open mind, uh, and let's see how that pre-season comes, comes about, Jeff. Yeah, look, yeah, it, it's on Stuart Jew, isn't it? So pretty hard to trust him after the last couple of years in a fantasy sense. Um, so, yeah, let's see what that role is. He, he's ticked all the boxes so far in pre-season, so we're here. Um, 508000 is awkward, and that's priced at fifty-seven. But, um, yeah, if he gets that inside time, it's value. And just, just on that as well, Jeff, so Flanders is out of contract at the end of this year. So uh, whether that's a negative or a positive, so let's see how that plays out for him. But, yeah, out of contract, let's see if he puts in a decent year. So on to the next one. So Wayne Miller, so goes, you know, this could be, 
this could be a back crouch scenario where you know his ticket is punched, but you know hopefully he can get in that halfback role because we know he can do well. Struggled last year with all the talk on the preseason for Malira last year that you know he, there there wasn't much there. So you know there hasn't been that much spooking from Adelaide coming out on on Malira, um this year. So let's hopefully he can get back in there. Um, it's a wait and see. You need to be like 100% that he's not going to be out of that team at any stage, um, obviously with the spin on him, but he's still his value. Um, it's a, just a wait and see for me on the level, Jeff. Yeah, he literally has to tick all the boxes from here to round one to be even considered. Um, I don't think, you know, history suggests we, we avoid the injury plague players no matter what, um, even though he's pretty cheap. So I'm not looking to have fantasy stress me out this season, so I'll say pass. Yeah, you got Dawson half back, and, and Dawson does have versatility there as well. He can move up the ground, wing, even half forward, inside mid there as well. Uh, but you got Brody Smith there as well. So, you know, what's Miller going to get? So let's just see how that flushes out. Alrighty, on to the next one. Jaden Hunt comes over to West Coast from Melbourne. Uh, possibility he can lock down a half back type uh, run and sprint type game. Uh, I don't think he's that much of an accumulator. He's just going to p- put some um, speed on the ball. Uh, so that's pretty much a no go for me there, Jeff, on Hunt. Um, no, I'm not discounting him too quickly. I think Optus Stadium is a plus six ground and he'll have a bigger role for the Eagles than he has ever had for the D. So he'll run up through the lines off the halfback and um, and get a bit here and there. He's not going to break records, but um, he's cheap enough to say like. Yeah, if he gets used as that uh, first player uh, from kick out or kick in, however you want to say it, to collect that first plus six uh, in pre-season games, practice matches... Uh, yeah, there might be a bit of a consideration for me. So just keep an eye out for his specific role, uh, especially you know, when they can see the point. Where is he located? If he's the first target, maybe he's an option. All right, down to the next one, Ben Cunnington, North Melbourne. Um, there's potential some forward usage here as well. We know he's actually a pretty powerful forward when he goes there. Um, I don't think it's going to be super high centre bounces, but he'll be in there. He'll be in the mix and he'll be quite solid, um, but he can go forward. So for me, from that point of view, it's a pass dislike for me on Cunnington. Yeah, dislike from me too, mate. 32 years of age, unlikely he's going to get a full season as an inside mid where we need him to play to score well, so dislike. Finlay McRae dealing with back issue for a significant period, just come back into training now, uh, interrupted pre-season. I don't think we're going to see him early. Uh, If we do see him early, uh, that's a positive, Uh, but, you know, Mitchell's going into that middle of the ground. That's where we need Finlay McRae. Um, he's a candidate definitely for sub, that's for sure. So, yeah, let's just keep an eye out, hopefully get super fit and gives us an option there this year. So it's, it's you know, he's getting to the stage in his career where he needs to um, put in some solid performances. So let's hopefully he sees some opportunities there this year. So, yeah, just keep him on the radar and see where he's tracking for Collingwood throughout pre-season and early into the season, Joe. Yeah, agree with everything you said. I don't think he'd be there round one, but uh, let's keep an eye on him during the season. Okay, Massimo D'Ambrosio for the last one here, Jeb, like or dislike. So for me, uh, well, now that we know Heppel's moving out of defence and going up and onto a wing, and let's see how secure his role is uh, on a wing for the Bombers. Uh, but, yeah, that creates an opportunity in defence there. We know McGrath's going to sit back there. Does that present an opportunity for D'Ambrosio? Possibly. Maybe there's another, uh, like a Redmond there is going to actually become, start to become a, an accumulator as, as well as an intercept defender. We know the Bombers want to move that ball a little bit and become a, 
front half team, as Cole Langford did say this week there as well. Uh, but yeah, Dean Brazo, let's keep an eye on his role throughout preseason games. And obviously, new coach coming into the Bombers, uh, that's going to create opportunities for certain Essendon players. So let's just see how this flushes out and see who uh, that you know potential accumulator is for the Bombers in defence. Uh, keep an eye out for Redmond there. That's the one that I'll be looking at. And that's potentially like a James Sisley type role there as well. So yeah, definitely just a watch on Redmond there as a, as a side note for D'Ambrosio. Uh, on D'Ambrosio, let's just wait and see. Yeah, I like just on Redmond too. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's been a bit in and out of my team this year in, in planning. I feel like he's an underpriced primo. Um, but yeah, with D'Ambrosio, I don't, don't think there's a scope of improvement this year that we haven't already seen. So I'll say dislike. Alrighty, Jeff. So final thoughts. So we're going to have some guests coming up on the Bus Six Pod the next couple of weeks, and Jeff and I will get back together uh, pretty soon, and we'll get, start to get into specific areas of team selection as we head towards practice matches and preseason games, and obviously round one. So final, just give us a final thought. What you're thinking about right now as far as your preparation, Jeff? Oh, for me, it's maintaining you know your watch list and and keeping an eye on the news and tracking it all, like. We said at the start of the pod, it's it's ramping up now, training-wise, and a few are going to drop like flies with injuries. So how does that affect them as a player one and their replacement two, positioning three? So a bit of that. Also, um, the rookies, you know, keeping an eye on on the rookies and who's likely to play and the like. So all keep an eye on the news, aflratings.com is where it's at. And, um, Pete, thanks again for all your hard work. Uh, cheers, Jeff. So the thing for me is, is that you know, I, I might try and avoid first-year players. Um, obviously, some of these younger tops were interrupted were, uh, with regards to their underage situation, with regards to COVID and the limited games there as well. So they're still developing in their careers. So you know, does that sort of situation um, flush into a, like a sub-area type scenario? Um, I know, and I did post there recently, and I think might have even mentioned the last part is that. Jordan Degory was the highest um, draft selection, and that was the last year of sub for his first year as AFL. So he's a high draft selection, and his first game, he was a sub. So, you know, it, it, it's just up for grabs who it can be. So just just have a think um, and play out a scenario as if it's round one. So if a high um, ownership-type player as a rookie is named sub, are you going to select them or not? So, yeah, keep your options open. I'm trying to avoid first-year players selecting them. So I'd be looking at the second-year, third-year type players who are really cheap and price take there as well. Um, yeah, just keep an eye on the news for me there as well. Yeah, so there's plenty to flush out. Obviously, it's a long three weeks before we go, before we hit practice matches. All right, Jeff, until the next podcast, uh, enjoy your evening and good planning for the season. Thanks, guys.